I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Haley has brought some key lime pie, and I am indulging, and it is so good. It is so good. Thank you for bringing the good stuff. You're welcome. The Ingalls Bakery. Oh my gosh! Gets no it kidding. every time. You need to lie and say that you made it yourself. I made this. <laughs> <laughs> this came from my kitchen. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I made this. Oh no! <laughs> it just sounds so funny. Oh, I God. made this. Oh. God. Anyway, um, I did make dinner tonight, though. She did. It was yeah. really good. Thanks. It was so good. Oh gosh. I know, and I put chicken in it. Uh huh. Usually, I just do it, um, just the veggies, but. I made that. <laughs> you made that. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, you actually good. made that. I, I did saw actually make it, it on the stove. I when did. I, came in. I did actually make it. Yeah, put good. my child to bed and was like, "You gotta hurry and get to bed because Auntie Haley's coming." <laughs> I know Auntie Haley can't see you. You have to go to bed. <laughs> you must go to bed. I know. Actually, yeah. no more that you know it was time for night night and yeah. Mama had to make a stir fry. Yes. So yes. All right, Haley. Guess what? <laughs> We are headed to December of 1979. Okay. Yep. Cool. The number one song is, you're going to know this, Escape, the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. Oh, yes. Feel like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotta love it. So good. On December 2nd, the United States Embassy in Libya was attacked. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a bummer. That's not cool. Bringing the mood down a little bit. I'm going to bring the mood up because the top movies at the box office included Kramer vs. Kramer, which won the Best Picture, Mm -hmm. Star Trek, Mm. and one of my personal favorites, The Jerk. Have you ever seen this movie? I've never seen that movie. Uh, Steve Martin is in it. Mm -hmm. It is so funny. We'll have to watch it. I don't need you. All I need is this lamp. That's a quote. (laughs) But anyway, it is so funny. The jerk. It's great. Anyway, now we are headed to Morristown, Tennessee, which, for those of you that don't know, lies close to Knoxville on the eastern side of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So two weeks ago, I did a story in Knoxville. So we're going to, in this story, kind of bump in and out of eastern Tennessee and western North Carolina. Yeah. All right. So 18-year-old Nicholas Todd Sutton, better known as Nicky to his family, heads out to the local police station to report that his grandmother, Dorothy Sutton, is missing. Now, Dorothy was a widowed school teacher who had adopted and raised Nicky after his father died. Nicky had been abused and neglected by his parents as a young child, and Dorothy took sympathy upon him. She supported him both financially and emotionally. So overall, Dorothy was pretty awesome as a grandma. You know, so it was Christmas Day when Nikki went to the police department. 
And he said, you know, I haven't seen my grandma in three days. So December 22nd was the last time he saw her. And he said, you know, when she left the house, she was with a male companion. Now, Nikki told the police he didn't know who this man was and he'd never seen him before. So police obviously are suspicious. Who is this guy? Right, that's weird. Police went to Dorothy's house and she wasn't there. So when they went in the home, they found some signs of foul play. Mm. There was blood spatter on the walls and carpet of the home. Police continued to search for Dorothy and this unknown man that she was with the last time she'd been seen. Her grandson, Nicky, didn't appear to be as terrified as someone who was so close to his grandmother. He viewed her as his mother since she'd raised him, and police began to get even more suspicious of his story. I mean, one would think, like, someone who's basically your mother, you would be, oh my god, what happened? Yeah. I would be like, who is this man? What did he do to her? I'd be like, why? I wouldn't have let her leave with him without having a full explanation of right, who he was, right. where you were going. Um, I often tell my mother, I'm like, this is your fault. You raised an anxious child because she <laughs> was very much like a very responsible parent in that anytime we'd leave the house or like go somewhere, she's like, text me when you get there, text me when you are on your way home. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, let me know that you have made it wherever you have made it alive. <laughs> Yeah, my mom too. Kind of thing. And anytime, like, if I call her and she's at work and she doesn't answer, I'm like, <gasps> something horrible's happened. She's saving someone's life. I know. Yeah. And I'm like, she, she'll call me back and she's like, I was with a patient? Yeah. And I'm like, I thought you were dead. She's like, it's been 20 minutes. I had to get out the defibrillator, Haley. I couldn't really answer your couldn't call. Couldn't answer the phone call. <laughs> Shocking a heart. Yeah. Um. No, you know, my mom's like that, too. And actually, I do that to you, where I'm like, text me when you get home, mm-hmm. so I know you're okay. And I always do. <laughs> you always do. And I'm Even usually asleep. Even if it's asleep. like one in the morning, I'm you like, do, and I'm, at home. <laughs> I'm not always asleep. Sometimes I am. Um, but I'll usually respond at 6 a.m. Yeah. Usually it comes through as like, good. Uh, or glad you're safe. Or, or thumbs up. Or that was fast. <laughs> usually it is. Like, how did you get home so fast? There's no traffic. That is helpful. On the road at that time of night. That is super helpful. But yes, very much so. Like, you know, you would be nervous mm-hmm. about your family member. Like, what Leaving is going with on? somebody you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Police held Nikki over for questioning um, because they didn't necessarily buy his story. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, detectives investigated tips they had received regarding family property in North Carolina that Dorothy owned. Mm-hmm. Dorothy had actually given Nikki a truck. She had given him a piece of land um, in North Carolina. So she'd given him a lot. When police went to search that property, they couldn't really find anything. And it led him back to square one. They're like, okay, so Dorothy's not in her house in Tennessee. She's not on the property in North Carolina. What is going on? So after hours of interviewing Nikki... They pretty much got right to the chase and said, all right, we want to know, where's grandma? After some back and forth, Nikki stated that he had stuffed his grandmother's body into a bag. What? Yep. Weighted it down with a cinder block and threw it into the, I'm going to totally mess up the name of this river, Nolachucky River. Sure. 
all right nola chucky nola like, chucky maybe i don't I like know chucky Nola Chucky, Nola uh, Chucky, because she chucked it, yeah, yeah. river. Chucky. So this river flows between eastern, North, eastern Tennessee and western North Carolina. It actually meets at the French Broad. Oh, like yeah. most rivers in this area. It, exactly. A team of police and divers searched the river, and after two days, they found her body at the bottom of the river. Mm. An autopsy of 58-year-old Dorothy, so she wasn't that she was only 58 years old yeah that's insane when i think grandma i think i was thinking like like a little five-year-old lady (laughs) exactly no this is not a she's younger than my parents she's younger than my dad (laughs) your mom says thank you um yeah so 58 year old dorothy's body was um viewed for autopsy and the forensic pathologist revealed that dorothy had been hit on the back of the head by a blunt object (gasps) This, however, was not her cause of death. No. It was revealed that Dorothy was actually still alive when she was thrown into the no. river. Yeah. Because there was water in her lungs. There was water in her lungs. She drowned. Yeah. What a terrible way to die. Right? You hit grandma over the head and then put her in a bag and chuck her in the river? I hate that. Gosh. I hate everything about that. That is just sadistic. And I mean, horrific. She made you cookies. She raised you. She raised you. She wiped your booty. That's a bond. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> As someone who cleans up a lot of shit, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a bond. Yeah. Um. Wow. So when police asked Nikki why he killed his grandmother, he asserted that he did not kill her. She was already lying dead on the floor of her home when he arrived. He claimed that he got scared and was merely only guilty of disposing of her body. Yeah, but she wasn't dead, you idiot. Exactly. That's why I put insert here. If you were innocent, why wouldn't you call an ambulance? You know, if she she was laying on the floor in peril, you know, he stated that he thought she was dead. So, you know, he didn't want to take the rap for her murder. He just got rid of her body. Why wouldn't you, you know, call a funeral home? Or call, I mean, immediately you come in and someone's down. You call 911 or whatever the emergency system is. Yeah, I was going to say in 79, I don't think they had that. You call authorities. Yes. And say, Grandma down. Grandma down. Get out of here. Exactly. Dentures off. They got (laughs) to get in here. I mean. Yes. But he did not do that. So just as you and I aren't believing his story, right. police didn't believe I it either. I wouldn't imagine they would. I, no. Nikki was very quickly charged with first-degree murder and taken into custody. His bail was set at $100,000, which... It's high in the 70s. It's, it's very high for 1979 and, you know, with inflation and everything. Like, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So Nikki actually goes on trial in 1980 for the murder of his grandma. There was enough evidence against him that the jury unanimously found him guilty and he was sentenced to life in prison. So, boom. Done. Story ends. That's it. Mm, but it's not. I was about to say, we're only at, this will only been a 10 minute episode. We gotta oh, fill Haley. some time here. Haley. No. There's more. Not just grandma. Oh my god, what? You see... There is more to Nikki than just a grandma killer. Oh, my God. Nikki was troubled from a very early age, and this was not the first murder he committed, nor would it be 
the last. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, Grandma Killer's bad enough. Like, right? I think that's like the worst kind to me. I don't know. I think Child Killer's pretty bad. I get real sad about grandmas. I know you do. The old people really. I know. I mean, any type of murder is bad. Child murders are terrible, but the old people really just. I I think you're about eighty five at heart. I really do. I think you've got the. I'm glad you don't have a heart of an eighty five year old. That would suck. No, I come home from my job and I sit on my couch and I watch television. Matlock. Uh, my dog and my cats, and I get my crochet out, and I oh, yeah. cover up with a nice blankie, and I do my crochet. Do you play mahjong? I do like mahjong, mm-hmm. and a good crossword. You're very close to the grandma I want you to be. <laughs> I'm getting there. Until your hair turns white. My body feels it. <laughs> <laughs> Some days. So... After Nikki was convicted of killing his grandmother, he claims, so he's got another claim. Gotcha. He claims that police had it all wrong. You see, his grandmother was actually killed by this guy named Charles Allman III. You see, Charles was a 46-year-old contractor who lived in Knoxville, and Nikki claimed that mm, he owed some money to Charles, and that in December of 1979, Charles broke into Grandma's house where Nikki was staying. And, you know, he came to collect. He threatened Nikki with harm, and in the process of all of it, killed Grandma. I don't buy it. Well, there's more. Gotcha. Nikki also claims that in the process, he grabbed a gun to defend Grandma and shot Charles. Placed them both, Charles and Grandma, in the river. (laughs) So where's Charles? That's the thing is, they didn't find two bodies. They only found Grandma. So what's going on with Charles? Um, Initially, police and prosecutors alike didn't know what to think of his claims. They were pretty skeptical. You know, were these merely the ramblings of a convicted man trying to proclaim his innocence? You know, and, and so much after the fact. Right. Like, you've already been convicted. But, oh, no, no, Um, actually, somebody else did it. But actually, no, I killed him. Whoopsie. Yeah, but I'm admitting to another murder in the... In the process. Process of saying I didn't do this murder. Correct. Yes. <sighs> right. Okay, this sure. this story is all kinds of wacky. When yeah. I was researching, I was like, what in the heck? So they looked into it, however, because they thought, yeah, why not? Well, and do, do, do diligence. Exactly, because we're saying another man is dead. Right. And he named him. So police found out that Charles Allman had been reported missing, since December of 1979. Oh, man. And his gold Jaguar was found abandoned in a Holiday Inn parking lot in Newport, Tennessee, which that, is... I know where Newport is, I and too. I would not recommend a Holiday Inn there. There is a good Perkins there. Mm-hmm. We used to stop there. There's a Long John Silver's. <laughs> what Anytime we go that direction to go towards, like, Gatlinburg, it's like the halfway point. Mm-hmm gotta hit that long johns i wonder if the perkins is still there god i love a good perkins i don't know man i don't know i always hit that long john silvers there's no other option they had a peanut butter pie that it's a long john pie. silvers a and w combo oh i do love good a and w restaurant like cheesy tots mm-hmm. yeah i love cookout too 
cookout has these cheese bites that are to oh. die for. Don't even get me started. Anyway. Oh, back to crap. All right. Uh, so found uh, the car abandoned in a Holiday Inn parking lot in Newport. And Newport is about 50 miles from Knoxville. Right. Also very close to the North Carolina line. So police say that Nikki um, was, you know, down to talk details regarding his connection to Charles. And along the way, Nikki confessed to another murder. Oh, my God. He can't help it. He can't. It's just more and more and more. More murders. This time, it was the murder of his 19-year-old roommate and childhood friend, John Michael Large. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... In the process of talking about Charles and his murder, he also is now saying, oh, (laughs) by the way, since you got me here, why not share this? Guess what I did? Guess what I did on my summer break? I killed my childhood friend. I mean, sounds like a adventurous summer break. It does. It's like when the kids come back from school and we ask them, what'd you do over the summer i killed my childhood friend and you're like now you have to go see a counselor or the police or the sro yeah exactly <laughs> you gotta exactly. go find your re- your local school resource officer and please tell them <laughs> and admit to him exactly what you what did what is happening so his friend the 19 year old roommate john um john and nikki had been friends since they were in elementary school and had decided to move into an apartment together in knoxville in the spring of 79 nikki and john were both heavily into drugs and alcohol oh man isn't it nice to have shared interests (laughs) you know like i mean one of my good friends and i we both love going to brunch and getting mexican takeout yeah that's a good interest um heroin and you know tequila maybe not i mean nah tequila sure sure tequila's fine in in moderation sure Mm -hmm. does uh one of my good friends come over and say you know that vodka doesn't have a lot of calories so i'll take that let's do a shot the the you know her child my child they're they're asleep we're you know at home making safe choices but yeah okay go for it sure so shared interest absolutely it's important i mean it keeps a friendship going it does but if your shared interests are drugs and alcohol yeah and that's it i mean if that's on top of like other things like we both like cars badminton or t-ball t-ball how old are they (laughs) what (laughs) t-ball we all like t-ball you're clearly not a sports person. We like baseball. T-ball was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> they had kindergarten? Oh my god. So at this point, these are 19 and 20 year old men. Or excuse me, 18 and 19 year old men. Clearly not playing T-ball. But you're cute. Alright. So... In mid-August of 1979, John tells Nikki that he has some marijuana and some white liquor stashed in his aunt's barn in Waterville, NC. Sounds like a party. Doesn't it? So for those of you that don't know, white liquor is made up of sodium hydroxide and sodium sulfate. It's kind of similar to moonshine Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, You know, one of those that like... you drink it and it's like whoo that's it's like in a big like pint jar like a big pint mason jar then you have to like 
you just pass it back and forth pretty much yeah yeah Yep. Not so, that I'm speaking from experience or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. Never. <laughs> Never. So there was this plan to go to the barn and get the drugs and liquor, but there was a problem. You see, John and Nikki had been arguing. Mm. Apparently, John had taken $25,000 from Nikki to go buy cocaine in Ohio. Oh, my God. But he never went to Ohio to go get the cocaine and didn't have any money. 25000 25000 so That's a question, lot of cocaine. It's a lot of cocaine. Or like really good small amount of cocaine. Well, and it's like, are you smuggling it? Like, are Why you do you trafficking need that much cocaine? It? What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Like, you only need a small amount for recreational Exactly. Use. Unless, you know, they were planning on selling or yeah, I don't know what they were doing. Maybe. So anyway, he, Nikki was pretty pissed because not only was there no Coke, but um, there was no money. So what did John do with the 25000 So John was pissed. Or excuse me, Nikki was pissed. So John told Nikki, listen, I'm going to go to North Carolina and talk with my aunt, you know, make sure everything's cool. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when the time's right, come and meet me at the barn. Okay. So Nikki gets the... Come on out. So he gets on his motorcycle and goes from Knoxville to Waterville, North Carolina, and arrives at the barn. At that point, an angry John pulls out a gun and begins shooting at him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nikki wrestled the gun away from John, and the two began hitting each other and, like, tussling around on the floor. I would have gotten back on that. I got gotten the gun away. Get on that motorcycle. Get out of there. Exactly. Just say no, kids. Just say, say no, no to no violence. Guns. Guns and violence and drugs and all these things. All of it. That's right. Nikki grabbed a tobacco stick from the barn and mm. hit John with it. Yeah, a, so tobacco stick is one of those really long, can be very sharp on the edges too. Mm. Kind of skinny. That's super kind skinny. of like a bamboo stick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Yeah. A little flatter. Exactly. Yeah. So the fight continued. And according to Nikki... He grabbed a dog chain. This is Nikki grabbing the dog chain. And he started beating John with it. Ow. Yeah. And eventually he took the chain and wrapped it around John's neck in an attempt to choke him. Is it me or does this seem like um, Nikki really had the upper hand in this fight? It does. And he had a lot of time where he was able to just grab and do these things. I mean, just knock him out and get out of there. To me, it almost sounds like this maybe wasn't a fight at all. Uh, it seems like Nikki just ambushed him. Yeah. It kind of seems like this yeah. is where the story's headed. I can't say. But anyway. So the two men continued to scuffle, and Nikki reached for the tobacco stick once again. This time, he shoved it down John's throat. Oh, my God. The sharp stick killed John instantly, and the fight ended. What? (laughs) I don't understand. I'm trying to, like... Open your mouth. Okay. Do the logistics here, and... I don't see how that would fit down so bad. I mean, it wouldn't, and I guess that's why if you... I'm just imagining him sitting there with his mouth open and just shoving. Right. You would have to be at, like, a right angle. I'm thinking maybe he was passed out or something, and he did it, or he had blacked out. I I don't know. That's the only way. Unless it was... 
like through and like out the back of the throat could be and not like to the stomach it very well could be and maybe it just pierced like your spinal i mean or even if you cut that the jugular yeah, yeah and you just bled out yeah that's true i don't know i was thinking about that too like how Weird. did that work i like that our mind goes down I know, all I right a diagram so john is gone john oh. is dead um nikki dug a shallow grave uh it's off always a, a shallow grave it's always shallow well who the heck has time to dig us if you don't though then things happen gets dug up what if you don't that's why it has to be six feet if it's not animals are gonna like i don't gonna have a smell even in a shallow grave enough rain washes then you're just gonna have an exposed body laying out there you can't have that can you you can't six feet there are things about you that scare me. And for ground penetrating radar, put them not flaying flat, standing up. We just stand us, them up. You dig a you dig a deeper hole, but it just ha- it doesn't have to be as wide. Like you don't lay them flat, you stand them up and stick them in the hole. What do you dig. stick a stick behind their back so they'll no, stand? No, you just shove them down in there. You don't dig a big enough hole. Like a wouldn't they just hole. like kill back and still be? Not if you just dig straight down. But they can't stand up. They can in the ground. Mm. You dig a hole down, just stick them in feet first or head first. Depends on yeah if they're like supported. If it's like skinny enough. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to dig a skinny hole, not a long like a big flat grave. Because then if you ground, it just looks like a rock. <laughs> oh, my God. A, I read a thing. I, I have, I'll find the article and send it to you. The word, like, somebody did this. I, uh, is this really an article or is this just you No, sharing? they did this. They put, and this may be, like, multiple cases combined, but they did that and then put a rock over it. And then another one. I don't know if they also put them in, like, head first, but they buried a, like, a dead animal on top of them. So, when the cadaver dogs came by, they smelled, this obviously smelled decay, but it was a dead animal, not a person. The person was below the animal. Gotcha. So, that's also another. You know, these are the, um, Tips and tricks. <laughs> that you will only learn here from Haley. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta watch, you know. Haley, <laughs> you got to watch Haley. <laughs> that is the, that's what we're getting out of that's this, it. folks. Um, okay, so so shallow grave. We're just gonna kind of go shallow past that there. So Don't yeah, so Nikki dug a shallow grave off a large slope in Mount Sterling, which is in Haywood County, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He then drug John's body to the site and buried him. Okay. Probably not up and down. No. Probably just the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Nikki gave the police a detailed description of where John's body could be found, and the police set out for North Carolina. As Nikki had previously stated, the body was found in a shallow grave off a slope near Mount Sterling. Dang. So he was right. It was confirmed that the body was that of John Michael Large. 
John's body was sent to Chapel Hill for forensic analysis. The forensic examiners determined John's cause of death was actually blunt force trauma to the head. So it could have been um, being hit with the um, yeah. dog chain or the And maybe he stick. just made up the shoving the tobacco well, stick down the throat. Well, wait for it. Oh, God. They also found wood in his throat, but it was a piece of plywood and not a tobacco stick like Nikki had said. Okay. But nonetheless, I mean... Still in his throat. Still in his throat. That's not good. Yeah, no. So, North Carolina issued a warrant for Nikki's arrest and the murder of John Michael Large, which occurred in their state, so they had jurisdiction. Right. So, going back to Charles Allman, this was the guy that Nikki claimed killed his grandma, so Nikki killed him. Mm -hmm. Well, police were never able to recover his body, and without enough evidence, they couldn't charge Nikki and Charles's murder. Mm. So, Charles was just still a missing person, even though they had a confession. They couldn't do anything with it. Right. Nikki also changed his story once again, claiming that Charles and an unknown assailant had robbed a bank in Asheville, North Carolina, and Nikki drove their getaway car. According to Nikki, they gave him $1,500 as hush money and were never seen again. (sighs) All right. Police were never able to cooperate any of this information and couldn't find out any information about any bank robbery. So, great. yeah. So they felt that Nikki had murdered Charles. They just couldn't prove it. And again, just like crazy ramblings. Yeah, that's weird. In April of 1980, so four months after Grandma's murder, Nikki is extradited to North Carolina and he's arraigned in the murder of his friend, John Michael Large. Gotcha. I use that term friend loosely. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. usually shove plywood down my friend's throat. No, Can't not say normally. <laughs> not not ever not ever <clears throat> okay good mm-hmm. good um, while nikki was sitting in jail in north carolina investigators in, Tenu- in tennessee continued to look for charles's body right they even sent scuba divers into various lakes and rivers um in in and around that area to see if they could find anything well lo and behold oh god <laughs> On May 14, 1980, scuba divers were searching an old rock quarry that was now filled with water. Um, They stumbled across not one, not two, not three, but four bodies. What? (laughs) That's right. One of those four bodies belonged to Charles Ullman. Who were the other three? We'll get there. Oh, my God. The other three bodies appeared to be unrelated to Charles and Nikki. That's just where, this is just where everybody dumps their right? bodies. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. That is so suspicious to me. Like, like I want to know more about I these mean, bodies. They and just, I couldn't get more information about it. And Is that <laughs> just like well known in the crime world there? That's like, <laughs> this is the body dumping place. This is where we chuck our bodies. Like if you roll up and someone else is dumping their body there, you should wait 15 minutes and come back. <laughs> they, exactly. Um, <laughs> Tyken. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Occupied. Give me a minute. Like oh I'm God. dumping my body first. You gotta what? come back. I don't get it. And that would be horrible to be like whoever owns that, like, actually, yes, this is where we just throw dead bodies. Yeah, this just, is the we've just accepted it and it's part of our life now. Isn't it nice? It's it's part of the ambiance. Oh my god. You may see a dead body float by. I mean, it's great for canoeing. Just imagine you're in your Airbnb. 
right? <laughs> and it's like, we have this beautiful view of this lake that used to be this rock quarry. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, that's kind of cool. Wow. And then suddenly you're like, Frida, what is that? What is that? And she's like, land sakes, Leonard. Is that a body? And no one's aghast by this in town. They're like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's where people throw their dead bodies. Uh-huh, yeah, every once in a while we gotta just clear just, it out. Yeah, it happens. It'll get filled back up again. And it'll happen again. In I no mean, time. <laughs> they probably, chances are, won't come back again. Right. Or maybe they'll come back more often. Maybe. Maybe they'll bring a dead body. What I don't know. I, I'm, we're twisted people. It's a lot to it's unpack lot. there. It, well, welcome to my life. <laughs> All right. So the reason that the police were able to distinguish that it was, you know, that Almond's case was actually separate from these other bodies was that it had Nikki's signature. As Almond's body was covered in plastic bags tied to a cinder block. Oh, my Yeah, God. that was like his thing, I guess. I guess so. It was his M.O., yeah, everybody has a thing. So Apparently. police in Tennessee head to North Carolina to talk with Nikki about what they found in the rock quarry. Upon interviewing him, Nikki gets chatty yet again. Oh, my God. And admits to two more murders. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? I know. You got to stop talking, dude. Does he not have a lawyer at this point that's like, hey, maybe stop telling them that you kill people? Does he not have a hobby that doesn't include murder? I feel like this guy needs, like, to be on the chess team. Or, or maybe, yeah. like, go to a community center, play some basketball. What are you doing? Murdering. I guess so. No time for basketball. Nikki claimed that in July of 1978, he murdered a teenage boy from Alcoa, Tennessee, which is right outside of Knoxville. And he buried his body on his family's property in North Carolina. So there were bodies there. They just didn't find them. Right. He also stated that he killed a drug dealer who had come up from Atlanta to sell him drugs. All right. Um, He says that he also buried the drug dealer's body on the family's property in north carolina i mean drug deal gone bad maybe seems like we need to be digging up this property yeah what we do for those drugs wow this leads you to wonder how many dead bodies are rotting on that family property i'm concerned i same um nikki would never tell the police the names or identities of these two people that he newly admitted to killing And police found that very strange because he was very forthcoming with the other people that he had killed. So was it that he just didn't know their names? It was random. So police in both North Carolina and Tennessee got search warrants to inspect the property in North Carolina. Police and prosecutors wanted a detailed description of where the bodies were. And apparently the property was so vast that they offered Nikki a plea deal. To tell them? Yep. So if they told him exactly where the bodies were buried, they would take the death penalty off the table. Okay. Nikki tells them where the bodies are buried and police start searching. They search endlessly. You know, death penalties off the table. Dagnab it. They find nothing. It was concluded that Nikki just made up the murders to either waste time or sound more serial killer-like. 
or maybe to have the death penalty taken off the table. Well, usually there's a stipulation in there that it has to like lead to something. So in this case, I guess it didn't. I don't know if they were thinking maybe we still have to search. I don't know. But because he would name them, it felt more like maybe it was not yeah, true. I don't right. know. So Nikki uh, pled guilty in 1980 to the murder of Charles Allman, uh, that contractor from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And he also pled guilty to the murder of John Michael Large, his childhood friend. He received two life sentences um, in addition to the life sentence that he was also going to be serving for grandma. Gotcha. So, so far, three people, three life sentences. Nikki said he accepted his guilt and he killed these folks in a fit of anger. This was a quote from him. A fit of anger and was being reckless. I. Yeah. Those are those moments where you use your coping skills. Yeah, you, you learn those and you should mm-hmm. use them. We're validating the feeling like it's okay to be angry. Right. You just can't kill people. But we got to put in boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to kill grandma. It's not okay to kill your friends. Or your drug dealers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. We're getting specific. It's actually not okay to kill anybody. Grandma, drug dealer. If your grandma is a drug dealer. (laughs) Don't. Just don't do that. Just keep it kind, everybody. So, you know, he says he was just reckless. He was angry. Off he goes to jail. There's the end of the story. Oh, Haley. It's not the end of the story. <laughs> I, even, I was like, there's got to be more. There is more. Oh, no. Just when you think it's over. I really It's do. not. Oh, God. It's never. Nikki initially began serving his sentence at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. <gasps> hey! Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to our episode about Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, I encourage you to do so. Go it's do that. episode 43. Go do that. All right. So eventually, Nikki's transferred from Brushy Mountain to a maximum security prison in Wartburg, Tennessee, which is in the northern part of the state. It's kind of closer to Kentucky. Gotcha. Nikki was not a model inmate. I can't imagine why. No. He not only continued to use drugs inside the prison, but he also sold them to fellow inmates. Gotta make that money. That's true. You know, if grandma wasn't selling, he will. That's right. One of his buyers included a man named Charles Estep. Charles was 44 years old and was serving a life sentence for raping a nine-year-old girl. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, five years into Nikki's sentence in January of 1985, he gets into a fight over drugs with Carl Estep. Mm-hmm. Nikki recruits three other inmates to take homemade knives and kill Carl. During exercise time, the men are kind of free to walk around. Mm-hmm. So Carl walks back into his cell and he is attacked by the four men, including Nikki, and he is stabbed 38 times until he is dead. I mean, I mean, I kind of feel like anybody who would rape a nine year old. I'm mad about it. Right. I mean, don't kill people. But the thing is, it wasn't even over his crime. They did it because it was over drugs. Like, okay, yeah. You know, like, not that any, not that murder is, is, is we should 
that's not validate the murder, but right. But at the same time, it wasn't like, how dare you do this to this little child? It was, you, you took my crack. My drugs, yeah. Right, right. So anyway, mm. Nikki and the other men uh, plead guilty. Well, another man. So it was Nikki and this other guy who were sort of the lead. Right. They pled guilty to first degree murder. The other two men were actually acquitted. Interesting. Yeah, I, I found that odd. But in 1986, Nikki was sentenced to death for this crime. So, but so death for that, but not for grandma? No. <laughs> or, you know, his friend or anybody else. So the death of the child rapist gets him the death sentence. All right. Okay. But part of me thinks that part of the reason he got the death sentence was because it's like, how many times are we going to give him life in prison? Clearly in prison, he's, he's still murdering. murdering people. Yeah. So we probably just need to take him out. I mean, um, so like he got the death sentence. Um, and up until that point, you know, he had been, you know, I guess he'd planned like, I'm just going to live this life out in prison and just keep doing what I'm doing. Over the next few years, Nikki and his lawyers started filing appeals stating that he had had a bad childhood, he had been abused by his parents, he had coped with drugs. He wrote in documents that he had found God and was a changed man. Which is still murdering. Right. Can't be murdering. So, <laughs> that's right. Can't be murdering. That's can't. right. That's right. So, Nikki was now being held at Riverbend Maximum Security Prison in Nashville. Correctional, offers, blah, 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 blah. Correctional officers even attested that Nikki was now a Christian and was currently a model inmate. So this is years after the killing. He is considered a model inmate. They actually claimed that he cared for sick inmates who were on death row, and he helped save several officers' lives during a prison riot. I mean, maybe he did find Jesus. Maybe. And even... He actually found a wife because in 1995, oh. he married a lady whom he used to write to. I mean, Jesus and a wife. Jesus and a wife. That's Whoa. a lot for, you know, a grandma killer. Right. Yeah. How would you even start that letter? Dear Beatrice. I don't know what her name was. It wasn't <laughs> listed. But, you know, dear Beatrice, I offed grandma in 79, but in 95, I'm going to be your man. And I found Jesus. And I found Jesus. Love, Love Nikki. Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yours truly. Yours truly. Please write back. Warmest regards. <laughs> XOXO. Um, there were many people who felt that Nikki's death sentence should be overturned, including five of the twelve jurors who initially gave him the death sentence. Whoa. Yeah. There were even family members of the victims who encouraged the court to commute the sentence to life in prison. All righty then. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. John Michael Large's sister, Amy, she was not one of them. I would imagine not. Yeah. She felt that Nikki should die for what he did to her brother. Um, she even stated that she would be present when he was put to death. Nikki's uncle Thomas also felt that he should pay for his crimes. Dang. Yeah, your own uncle. Um, and he was, he commented that his nephew was a danger to society. Sounds like it. I feel like the only, I, I have one aunt in my family who I feel like would want me to die. Hmm. 
you know. I don't have that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Good, good, healthy relationships. That's positive. Yeah, it's positive. <laughs> My dad's side of the family, healthy relationships. They're not really sure on that. Gotcha. My gotcha. mom's side, yeah, yeah. Anyway, feel that. In the end, um, the governor rejected Nikki's application for clemency. Clemency. I cannot talk tonight. Mm-hmm. In the end, the governor rejected Nikki's application for clemency, and the sentence of death was to be carried out. Nikki appealed it all the way up to the Supreme Court in the hopes that they would offer him clemency. They said, well, let's look through this. So they took some time. They looked through it because initially his death was going to be carried out in 2015. But due to all the appeals, everything was pushed back. Supreme Court did not stay his sentence. And on February 20th, 2020, 40 years after some of these murders, Nicholas Sutton was put to death. As promised, Amy, John's sister, was present at his execution. She was not allowed to watch, however, Mm. since her family member was not the victim who gave him the death sentence. Remember, it was the inmate who gave him the death sentence. Carl Estep, that inmate who died, um, his family was not present at the execution. Nikki requested that his wife and the rest of his family not come to the prison in the days leading up to his death, nor come to the execution. I mean, honestly, I think that would be a lot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, you know, could handle that. On the day of Nikki's execution, his last meal, I know you like this. I do. Was fried pork chops, mashed potatoes with gravy, and peach pie with vanilla ice cream. Okay. That would not be my choice. No, but, but I... That's th- his thing. That's fine. Yeah. He also received communion, which included a wafer, i.e. the body of Christ, and grape juice, the blood of Christ. When the 58-year-old Sutton entered the room, he sat down in a chair while officers strapped his arms and legs. When the curtain was pulled back, witnesses, mostly reporters, were present. They stated that he appeared somber, and as per protocol, he was barefoot and his head had been shaved. He had a solemn look on his face and looked straight ahead into the dark room across the glass where the reporters were watching. It was reported that his final statement was this. I would like to thank my wife for being such a good witness to the Lord for me and for my family and many friends for their love and support as they tried so very hard to save my life. Don't ever give up on the power of Jesus Christ to take impossible situations and correct them. He can fix something that's broken. He fixed me. I want to uplift the name of Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. I am just grateful to be a servant of God, and I am looking forward to being in His presence. And I thank you. After two rounds of electric shocks that went through Sutton's body, he was declared dead. Oh, God. After the execution, John Large's sister Amy spoke to the media, stating, At least that chapter will be over. John was denied the opportunity to live a full life with a family of his own. He suffered a terrible and horrific death for which I will never forgive Mr. Sutton. And that's the story of Nikki Sutton. That's heavy, man. Grandma killer. That is heavy. And I don't know what to think, you know, like when when folks say this, like when you're confronted with your own death, you know, like do you find redemption because you're worried about like where will my soul end up or i mean what does that look like i hope you know i hope that he all that was genuine 
you know i hope so like, too yeah i just yeah poof that's a lot it's a lot well <laughs> okay on that note on that super happy note um, um Haley, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us more about their grandma um <laughs> how can they do that yeah yeah um so yeah, yeah. you can uh, send us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at mountain mysteries tales from appalachia or find us on instagram at mountain mysteries dot appalachia um also can find us on patreon for some bonus content at patreon.com slash mountain mysteries and we always say you know hit us up we get a lot of facebook Mm -hmm. messages um and we love it we actually had someone recently who commented on our facebook page about i love the podcast that was so sweet so thank you guys so much we love um your your love and your feedback and we just really appreciate it so much yes, we so. love getting to interact with you guys yes and you know the more the merrier we just enjoy it and do know if we don't get back to you immediately it's not because we don't love you it's just also we are running full-time jobs right and kids and that yes, kind of stuff lots so. of things are happening so many things <laughs> all the things so i want to give a huge shout out um this week to murfreesboro tennessee yay yay since we're in tennessee and we've been talking a lot about nashville since the prison murfreesboro is right outside of nashville so all right y'all well that's it for this week see you we'll see you next week Bye. bye